Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Happy Monday to you. How was your weekend? It was a long-ass weekend. Am I wrong? Did that feel long to anyone else? Like a, a holiday weekend? Maybe it's just me because... Last week was kind of jacked up for me in terms of sketch. I was in like three different states, mentally and physically. Um, I'm sitting on my front porch. It's a Sunday afternoon. Um, I feel disconnected from podcasting for whatever reason. I just was not um, in the mood to do this today. But then I had a burst of mood. And so I went out on my front porch and uh, had a burst of like the mood to record and to be um, entertaining which I had lacked a lot this morning. I had it for like a second on a walk, but I was like, I don't have my podcast equipment with me. And then I was kind of thinking about like, is it better to just record these at a certain time every day regardless? Or do would I want my podcast host to like pick the right time of day when they're like inspired? And I don't really know the right answer to that because sometimes you just got to rally and fucking do it. And great things come out of just showing up and and doing it and not waiting till you're like, I, I want to do it because guess what? I never really want to do, I mean, no, that's not true. There are times where I'm like, I can't wait. I want a podcast. Like, I'll make some in advance. Like, that, I was very inspired on my girl's trip to do that, of like, let's just bank some, because, like, this is so fun. Uh, Like, I just had, like, great guests in a cabin for a limited time. Um, But now I'm alone again, and uh, I am with my dog. I got my uh, dog Luigi back. You know, he is a dog that I, he was my first dog. I uh, got from a rescue 2016, I think June 2016. And then he moved in with my parents in um, June of 2018. And then he moved with my sister probably six months after that and lived with them for a year and a half. And then he was living with my um, brother-in-law's dad who had an empty house because his wife got trapped on the West Coast um during covid and so he's like this man who's used to having family living alone so he knew luigi and um and they became best buds and now luigi's back um from that experience he spent the past four months living there he gets um he 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 has a big family i think he's a lucky dog because the second he saw me i haven't seen him in since christmas maybe and um he he got excited not as excited as he like has in you know when I be gone like a week or something so it diminishes upon each return like they get less and less psyched to see you but he definitely remembers me and now it's just him and I like it used to be on the road and he's following me around he's very protective of me which feels very nice he's always sitting right in front of me he doesn't want to like sit on me like Marion does or like in the other room like Wiley does he like likes to be right in front of me it's cute I almost step on him a couple times and um yeah, so it's nice, but it does, it's, I'm trying not to get too close or attached because, first of all, it's not good to get too attached to an animal um, and dependent on them because they'll eventually leave you. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm having a closed heart to this whole situation, but I just don't think that, I think Luigi's going to end up living with my sister and her kids and their dog because um, that's where he was before. But for the time being in St. Louis, I get my dog back. And I think uh, I'm just going to keep him as long as I can and enjoy it. But we have a totally different relationship than when he was my dog. Like, it's, there's more respect on both ends, I think. It's interesting. Um, 
God, sorry, uh, Luigi Tangent, but he did sleep. I mean, I kind of am obsessed with him uh, and I'm going to keep talking about him. Last night, he slept like I'm used to Marion sleeping at the foot of the bed or like on a pillow afar from me in bed. Like she doesn't like to be cuddled up, even though she cuddles my parents in bed, which makes me feel like a little sad. But whatever, I'm not going to take it personally. Luigi likes to be under the covers like next to my feet and he still does that and last night it was very fun to just have him there like his like I could just move my foot and touch a, an animal that loves me I think that's I don't mean to connect it to living with a romantic partner because it's not the same obviously I love that I even have to say that but uh it's just because of my Netflix special I think I I don't even remember the jokes but I have a lot of jokes about like my dog going down on me and stuff which I'm sure like I don't know. It just makes me paranoid. Like, do, people don't take those seriously, do though? Do they? Do though? Do though? Um, you never know. I'm like haunted by some of the material I used to have. I'll get to that in a second. So anyway, Luigi uh, slept like that last night, and it, yeah, that's the thing I miss about a relationship is I like ankle touching in the middle of the night, just kind of crossing ankles. Crossing ankles is just like it's a it's enough. I don't need to like hold someone all night long or be held by someone, although that is nice and there's it's moments where that is very like fulfilling. All night long I get too hot. I can't do it. I, I just need an ink. Just get let's cross anks. Um or like hold hands. You can hold hands for a second. Like that's about as much affection as I need once we go. It's time for nine nine, you know? Um, also a king bed is probably what I would want to like even Luigi like I can't have something touching me the whole night like I will just like shove him gracefully across the bed to be like okay we can't it's just too hot um, and I don't understand how he can be underneath covers I always get like almost like panic for him because I'm like I can't have anything over my face like I can't, I cannot sleep with my mouth covered my mom like puts a blanket over her head when she sleeps on the couch in the living room and it's like I would I cannot if anything is like like a mask like I've struggled to sleep with a mask on a plane but guess what I do it it's not that bad but I, I usually don't like that and I like I like um sleep masks you know I love a sleep mask if you're not using a sleep mask just or haven't tried one and you struggle with sleeping which um I don't know is everyone I'm talking to right now is anyone okay with sleeping completely give me a break there's no chance you are um sleep masks they're so good and I have the ones that like are hollow on the eye eye socket and I I really only prefer those now I'll use anything else but that is genuinely like the most comfortable way to use them and I was watching the show that I'm obsessed with called love on the spectrum it's about autistic people dating you guys get into this show it's so short I think there's like five episodes if that maybe four and they're like 40 something minutes each you like you're gonna be craving more at the end but it just follows around autistic people in their 20s who are on different levels of the spectrum ranging from like you know they weren't diagnosed until they were 18 because it was so like kind of mild to like severely where you're like oh is this guy can he I don't I think this is a lost cause I hate to say that but there's one case where you're like hmm and there's like one of the autistic girls in the film or in the series talks about how like it's some person some crazy percentage like 90 something percent of autistic people end up living alone and it's just just heartbreaking and the truth is that you find out through the thing which you kind of have a misconception about autistic people you think they're living in their own head they're like don't need anyone they don't want to connect they have bad social skills so therefore they don't want to socialize but 
That doesn't mean they don't want to and that they don't want a partner. Um, they just can't they can't do the things that would be the means to get that. That's like they have to learn how to socialize and with each other. It's fascinating because some of them get coached. And honestly, as someone who's dating and finds it very awkward, it is very nice to see two people on a date who should be more awkward. I mean, there are awkward moments in this, but genuinely, uh, generally, autistic people just tend to speak the truth and they they acknowledge the awkwardness. So then it kind of deflates it easier. Whereas, uh, uh, you know, someone like me, I, I I say what's on my mind like a lot. Like I even in like a kind of spectrumy way. There were things I was seeing during the show that I was like telling my mom like um I honestly think that I might have some of these things. <laughs> Which I'm not scared to admit. I don't think it's it makes you a bad person. In fact, these people were like the loveliest people I've ever seen and it made me want to work with autistic people because I'm like, "Oh my god, I think they could like fill you with so much honesty and like just a a way of looking at the world that's really sincere." And almost childlike, but it's they're not children. They're they that's just the way they think. They're really in, hyper intelligent. Um, there's this one guy. I think his name's Mark. You guys have to see the show. Once you do, you'll know what I'm talking about. How good it is. I'm trying to think of any other highlights. There's this guy Michael. Here's another thing on this show. These. Some of these people are so funny that I even turn to my mom and I go, Mom, that guy is like comic funny. Like that guy is uh, like writer's room, head writer funny, which leads me to believe a lot of really funny people are autist are on the spectrum because and it's true that, that I would say that that's probably true. But this guy is so funny. He's in the first episode. He's part of the, the couple. I forget their name, but he's he drives a bus. And he's just so, so freaking funny. You guys got to watch it. Like, he, he honestly is trying to be funny, you know? And then there's Michael, who is just so sincere and looking for love and 25 years old. And all he wants is to have a queen and a woman that he can, his wife will be the greatest accomplishment of his life. And he will treat her with as much respect as any queen shall have. That's how Michael talks, except with a New Zealand accent. She will be my queen. This is a plaque that I made five years ago. He already has a plaque to put a picture of them in to celebrate his queen. It's so freaking cute. And he's never even kissed anyone. He's 25. He's never been on a date. So you get to see this guy who all he wants is to find love. Like more than any bachelor I've ever seen. Like his conviction to find a wife is so adorable. And you see him try go on a couple dates with autistic girls. And just like the struggle that even he has dating these girls who are off in different ways that he's off. They go to Comic-Con together. He is obsessed with, um, he thinks the perfect woman is um, Marianne from Gilligan's Island, which I have not seen that. I don't know that show. I'm aware of it enough to know the reference. But he dresses as the skipper to go to, um, from Gilligan's Island, the character of the skipper, to go to Comic-Con to meet this woman who is now in her, like, 80s, you know, and he's doing a meet and greet with Marianne, who on the show is his, like, ideal woman. He meets this old woman. It's so sweet. You guys have to see it. Okay, enough about Love on the Spectrum. That's on Netflix, by the way. Taylor Swift's album. Let's get into it. I, you know what? Let's go to break and then I'm going to get into it. And I know you're like, I don't want to hear any of this, Nikki. Just bear with me or don't. Maybe skip this part of it if you don't want to hear about it. But I, I'm guessing I'm going to talk about other stuff besides her album because boy, <laughs> is it affecting me uh, in many ways that are going to, um, yeah. They, it's bringing up a lot of emotions for old Glaze Dog. So more about Folklore, Taylor's new album, after this. 
We're back. I'm on my front porch still. Ugh, the mailman's coming down the street. My dog is off leash. This will be a true test of if Luigi is like legit or not right now. Because if he doesn't bark, he was so good earlier on the walk. I was like, who raised you? Like there was other dogs just like going crazy when we walked by. And he was just so chill. And then I was like, oh, I raised you. I think I did that. But I, maybe he's gotten even better since. I don't know. It, it seems like it. So I won't take credit, but I want to. God, I want to. Um, so Taylor Swift, let's 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 talk about it. I um, I woke up with the news of it on I guess Thursday morning, and it was going to come out that at midnight. And um, my for initial reaction was like, like I don't have time. I don't have. I don't know if I have what it takes to sink myself into her new album it takes work like new music for me is a lot of work I don't get excited about new Taylor Swift I I mean I do because I need it and I know I'm gonna love it but like I like Taylor Swift songs because I know them already <laughs> like does that make sense I don't I love getting obviously you need new music from artists it's like what keeps your fandom going but it's just a fucking chore. I don't look forward to like, oh, a new song I get to listen to. I'm just like, no, let me listen to a song that I've heard 17 times. That's the sweet spot. But not, now I'm there, dude, I'm there. So I've heard these all the songs like 17 times now because I can't stop listening to it. When I'm not listening to it, it's playing in my head. That's how like obsessed I am right now. And I got that way. It was good to do an, um, I went song by song on my Instagram story and talked about what each song, like at my like initial, it was like my second listen for each song so very like cursory not in-depth analysis didn't have an emotional attachment to any of the songs yet boy if I did that same thing now I I mean I've one of the songs made me cry um last night just listening to it and not in a way that I was like I want to cry like I just like it got me thinking about things and like feeling like it was the soundtrack to my feelings which is always how I feel about Taylor Swift and if you want to know the song that made me cry it's August it's so good. So for those of you who care, and if you just want to give this, everyone's freaking out about this album. So if you're rolling your eyes like Taylor Swift, I'm sorry, Porkfitch. Pork I almost called them Porkfitch, which I, I bet they would freaking hate that. So Porkfitch, um, Pitchfork gave it a 4.5, which they don't give that ever. Um, every, I haven't heard a single bad thing about this album, which, come on. Like that's unheard of, and I, I I would like to hear one criticism. There, not that I have any, but no one has one bad thing to say. It's incredible. It just she's flawless, and it's upsetting to me sometimes because I'm just so. And the thing is, she's not flawless, and that's what you learn in this album. Um, but it is it's hard to listen to someone who you admire so much, and but it is also you look towards for entertainment and not just entertainment I mean she's so much more to, to me than that um like emotional guidance uh like an ayahuasca shaman is kind of like what Taylor Swift does with some of her songs to me but I'm also like god I want to be her like I want to be able to create that I want to be able to get my feelings out and like synthesize the data in my heart into the way she does and make it resonate with other people which by the way it's what I'm doing in my own way I just wish it sounded nicer and that you could repeat it all the time and that you could sing it with your friends like I truly would like to be a pop star I mean or like a folk star like just a singer-songwriter I think it is the best way to connect artistically with someone yes stand-up does give me 
a much more honest and like detailed approach to transmitting my feelings. And obviously podcasts are even more so that because they're not whittled down to just jokes and there's no limitations in a goddamn podcast. Whereas, you know, with stand-up, it has to be refined. It has to have punchlines. There can't be a lot of this, which is just, you know, filler. Um, But yeah, there's, I'm just finding like her songs. I learned one yesterday on the guitar. And by the way, I haven't picked up the guitar in so long. I think I've was kind of dabbling in piano earlier during the quarantine I learned like two songs and by that I mean I just learned the chords for them and just would press the chords once with every chord change like I wasn't doing any kind of like rhythm I have no idea how to approach that and it's really scary to me I'm very insecure about my lack of rhythm very if you're a musician out there and the hard part of the music for you is rhythm not like switching chords and memorizing chords like that shit comes easy to me but is if it's the rhythm Give me a little DM of support of like, listen, I struggled with that too. And now you can actually learn because it seems like something I just can't learn that it just is not an it's not to be mine. I will. You can't teach rhythm. Obviously, I know you can. I'm hearing myself say that. And I know you can. It really reminds me of love on the spectrum because this uh, woman that's talking about autism is like people think autism is stagnant, that these these kids However they're born and however it manifests in early childhood, that it's that's the limit of how they're going to react. If they're only screaming, they're nonverbal, they're banging their head on things like that's your kid. And it's like I kind of thought that, too. Like I knew autistic kids could learn things, but I didn't know how advanced they could get because they just practice and they do therapy, which is essentially lessons on how to be how to function as a better operating human on every level. Right. So, like, if I took guitar lessons, I could probably learn it, but I am so insecure about having bad rhythm, which is why Dancing with the Stars was such a struggle for me because I I, I told Gleb, my my partner, I was just like, I'm bad at rhythm, and he confirmed it. He was like, I've never seen someone this bad at it. It wasn't that I was bad at dancing. Like, I was. Like, I'm not good stylistically, but dancing is all rhythm. I mean, let's be honest. So I, I did that, though even though it was freaking hard, but I got better is what I'm saying. I didn't ace it, but I got better. So I know that I could get better. So anyway, I learned this song yesterday on the guitar and my rhythm is fucking sucks. And I just have this like apprehension to hit the, like to like use it up a guitar pick. There's something in me that's so scared. It's going to flip out of my hand, which is like, what is the worst that can happen if my guitar pick falls out of my hand? Like who cares? Or that I'll like break a string. Like I don't know what my, I can't do it. Like I can't commit. I'm either softly doing it or I'm like overdoing it and the thing flips out of my hand and let, ends up inside the guitar. So I don't know. So I learned the song um, Betty because it's so good. So I'd recommend if you're going to give this album a listen. If you are like a, listen, if you already like girly pop, you're already listening to this album. But Betty is amazing. August is the track of the album. Cardigan took me a while to get into but I'm very 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 into it but those three songs are a trilogy that involve characters that all that's all from the perspective of three different characters living the same story Ugh, just perfection it's so fun to like kind of um you know be told that by a, a blog and then go back and listen and go oh right it's really exciting when you don't discover it as much as just see what was in front of you the whole time because a, a blogger told you to or a Swifty there's lots of Swifties out there unpacking all of this I read like a huge investigation of whether Taylor Swift had a is these songs are 
are are queer can't someone said it's a betty is queer canon and i'm sorry but that's i don't make the rules this was the name of the title and it was just talking about how it's like this music is all these you know queer uh taylor swift fans are just like this was written for us and um and i see it and it's so cute and exciting like that i don't know she says fuck a lot in the album too which is unheard of for her she within the first the first lyric has the word shit in it I'm feeling good. I'm on some new shit. It's it's so good. So that's all I'll say about it. What else? I mean, I have so much, but I did cry last night because the song August is not about I don't relate to it because it's about a girl who is the other woman and kind of thought that this guy was going to probably like choose her even though she wasn't the favorite and he would just kind of sneak her around or sneak she would sneak her around. I think it might be a a girl couple. But, and I don't even relate to that experience. I mean, I've been in relationships where I was the other one and I was like, when I was young, you know, 21, famously in my my Pete Lee love affair, which you can hear uh, by going on my YouTube, the, the You Up YouTube, um, me and Pete Lee cover our entire love affair. Um, that was one of them where I felt like the other woman there, but it's been so long since I felt that way. And there's been a couple other instances where like guys cheated on their girlfriends with me. And this was in my early twenties. And cause I was like into guys that were so, so unavailable that they like were with someone else, you know? And then you move to guys that are in like other States. This is how, this is how you like build intimacy with a man slowly. And <laughs> it goes from guys with girlfriends. Then it goes to long distance. Then it goes to, uh, in your town, but emotionally unavailable and then and then you there's nothing after that i don't know i have to honestly it's going backwards i've been recently interested in people who um might be going to prison or might be locked up in some way uh that's not true but i could see i there was a time where i could see the appeal of these women who love men in prison like life sentences i'm like oh yeah you never have to like actually do anything about it you know which is kind of like my speed dating. It's like I don't have to. I don't owe any of these people anything. Um, if we go on a fucking internet date on my Instagram, but it turns out some of them might think that that they were like real dates, which I'm not saying they weren't, but they were like too short to be to to like um, you know, there no one's being weird. But I'm just saying like I don't. I reserve the right to like say that I was into the idea of dating someone and being able to be like. Mm, nope I'm not into anything or anyone because I think that I think a lot of people are now like not a lot but enough are like well Nikki's out there she's looking for someone here's my resume and it's like I'm not I'm kind of just bored I'm practicing dating for the one who eventually comes in but I don't know that I'm ready for that yet I can I can do whatever I want and I mean I, I know that I don't even need to say that but sometimes I feel like I think I do because so much of dating for me I hate because the guy expects something out of you that they you might not be willing to give. Like honestly, I don't even want to be te texting someone every day, once a day. Like some sometimes that's too much for me right now in terms of like a flirtation. I I just, you know, which tells me like and then I feel bad because I'm not texting them back and then they get mad and or like I'm not DMing them back or I haven't read the thing that they sent that is too long for me to read. And it's not too long, but just should I print it out and have my dad read it to me while I'm eating lunch? Because that's that's how we've done things here. Um, all I'm saying is that 
I'm okay. I'm saying this for myself, but this is for anyone out there who um, is scared to do something because they feel like they'll have to commit to it forever or they won't be able to get out of it. You're allowed to change your mind. Always. Always. At any time about anything. I had a really good friend who quit her job and was like, I'm changing careers. Not doing this anymore. Had worked in this like in this job for 10 years. You know, like a, a very specific field. And she decided to quit and was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but, I'm, but it ain't this anymore. I'm done. And then like a month passed. She put in her like, you know, she was like, ah, I'm not going to be back the next quarter or whatever. And then after a month, she was just like, oh, I don't really know what else I'm going to fucking do. And um, I don't know that I do kind of like it. And it's good for now. And, and I get a lot of gra- like. And so she marched back in to the boss's office and asked and said, never mind. I'm sorry. If you still want me to work here, I totally changed my mind. Instead of standing by it because she made a choice, she took she could take it back. And I thought that was so cool. I, I, I like the idea of someone being like, I thought I wanted this and then I didn't. I mean, I am a wishy-washy bitch and I do that all the time. It's actually been the detriment of many of my relationships. Not many, but m- many different times in the same relationship. My wishy-washiness and my just changing my mind. Uh, one second I'll be into this and the next second I'm like, I want the exact opposite. I don't know if it's because I have ADHD, which hasn't been diagnosed because I'm kind of not wanting to spend $1,100 on a test to get diagnosed with ADHD when I'm pretty sure I have it and I would benefit from medication. But then it also might take off my edge and not make me as funny because I have coped my whole life with having whatever it is I have. And if we didn't end up treating it and then I'm not going to be funny anymore. That's what someone wrote to me in my DMs was like, don't get medicated for ADHD. That's what makes you you. Well, it's hard being me sometimes, and I would like to have a little relief. So, I mean, I can try whatever. Listen, I can try it if I want, and then I can decide I don't like it. Um, But meditation has been fucking dope recently. I've been doing TM every morning. I'm really back at it, and it is a game a changer. Game changer, as is therapy. Every week talking to a woman, and sometimes I do not want to talk to her. And I've, I, life is going good. I have no complaints. Other times I'm like, it is an emergency, and I cry the whole time, and it's great. But each time it's good. So that's been good, talking to someone. I'm alone right now uh, at my parents. My parents are, like, gone for the weekend. And it's like... I, being well I feel for anyone who's like alone during this and trying like what do you do all day I just am like pick up the guitar for five minutes listen to Taylor Swift for 10 minutes while I'm walking over here and like I tried to watch Sleep is in Seattle last night I'm just trying to fill my time I'm reading I just don't want to do work I'm like I know I could get work done that's always waiting for me there's tons of work to be had I could write a book I could go for a hike I just don't want to go out for some reason I went to the grocery store earlier today I go to like zoom meetings um that are like self-helpy type things which fill my schedule but I tried to watch a movie like I tried I was like last night I was like treat yourself to something where you just sit and watch it (laughs) Like, now that Love on the Spectrum is over, which I would have been watching that forever, I almost want to watch it on repeat like someone who has OCD or possibly is on the spectrum. I don't know if that's a spectrum-y thing. But you know what is a spectrum-y thing? That was in the documentary that I looked at my mom and I go, remember that one? Socks. Socks and certain fabrics. I hate cotton. I hate cotton. I don't like the feel of it. I hate those blankets that have the little satiny um, edges. Do you know the blankets I'm talking about that are just like pure cotton? 
that and they almost have like they look like they've been like run over with velcro like they kind of look like wispy cotton on top and then at the very top they have like a satin top like a you know two inches of satin at the top those blankets that are like ubiquitous they're everywhere those are my most hated feelings those blankets like rubbing that blanket on itself i'd rather die of hypothermia than you give me that blanket and also socks i really used to struggle with socks especially the cottony ones that my dumb catholic school used to have when i was in first grade and i used to scream and cry because i hated the feeling of it in my feet so i don't know if i'm really reaching to want to be autistic but it's just like i was saying in my last hour of material you just want something to be like that's why i'm the way that i am like i don't even care like you want a diagnosis so many of the people in the documentary talk about when they were diagnosed because it does feel like a oh that's what's going on here like you can tell that they they mark that day as like such a day of almost relief and celebration because they were finally had an answer for why they were how they were and that's why i think i'm searching for like do i have adhd like or am i just a fucking comic Kuh. I love people who are like, we're just comics. It's what like, listen, I've said that shit before too, but shut up. It's just a job you chose. Comics are all the same. It's just this, we have this language. Okay, yes, we do. But there's a lot of different, there, there are a lot of people in comedy who do not have that language. And yes, we, I mean, I guess, it, I guess it draw, draws the same kind of people. So we are the kind of the same people, but I just, I, I get annoyed when people are like, we're fucking comics dude like we're like somehow better or more fucked up than other people although it really does itch every kind of thing I, early on i love i liked that association i never indulged in it much but it does feel good to just have a group of people that you're like man i guess i'm just the same as dave Chappelle and sarah silverman i mean those are two people that you get to be in a group with and be like i'm I, we have the same kind of brain it's like a kind of a pat on the back no one's ever like just fucking carrot top and Gallagher, we're just, they're comics. You think like a comic. Like you, th you like Jeff Dunham, you could just, you meet him and you guys are already speaking a language. And yes, his is coming from a racist puppet, but it's already like, you just like know each other. Like you met a million years ago. Um, it's like the shorthand, like his hand looks, his arm looks shorter because his hand is inside a puppet. My first sip of the soda I got, Zevia and, uh, it's warm because I was talking so much. Didn't want to take a little sip Okay, I got to get back to my day, which I don't even know what it involves. But I did watch Sleepless in Seattle last night. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, my God, this is about to run out of batteries. And um, I'm like the same age, I think, as the characters. And so it's it hits differently, you know? Um, it made me like kind of sad and like uh, I love I, I'm looking at it a different way. Like it's just interesting to see one of these one of my favorite movies through the eyes of someone who like can hear the dialogue differently. And like I didn't realize when I originally saw it, like how much she wasn't in love with Bill Pullman's character, but she was forcing it. And this whole idea of like it's supposed to be magic when you meet the person you're meant to be with. And she just didn't have that with the guy that she's marrying, Walter. And it's just emphasized throughout the whole thing where she's like a supportive girlfriend and Walter is adorable, but it's just not there. And um, and I haven't gotten to the part where she breaks up with him yet, but I remember that being a very... She's always has amicable, amicable breakups when she's breaking up with people for Tom Hanks. Bill Pullman in Sleepless in Seattle. Greg Kinnear in You've Got Mail. 
she just goes, I'm just not feeling the same more. He's like, I'm not either. And she's like, I met someone. He's like, I met someone. And then they like high five and that's it. It's like so simple. And I think it's the same thing in Sleep in Seattle. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes it does, actually. Um, I got to go. Back to Luigi. Where did Luigi even go? Where are you? I got to go find him. Uh, bad mom alert. Bad, bad dog mom. Uh, talk to you tomorrow, guys. Squirt, squirt. A pot. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 